podcast in the all of Azeroth. This is World of Warcast, the motion picture. <laughs> I am Starman. And I'm Renata. And we are being filmed for a documentary called Second Skin by Pure West Docs. The Pure West Documentary? Yeah, that that's about right. That's right. Um, what had happened was uh, quite a while ago, um, Alachia from Wowcast had mentioned on her show that these people were looking for uh, people to, to do the documentary about uh, MMO players. So on a whim, I just threw an email out to Victor Pinheiro, and he said, sure, <laughs> <laughs> to my surprise, which I never thought was going to happen. So, you know, here Renata and I are sitting next to each other for the, uh, first, for time. the first time. Look, I can poke her. <laughs> <laughs> And she's poking me back. And, and they're not emotes. And they're no, no they're not emotes. They're, no, the, the, this is for real. Yeah, this is the first time we've ever been in the same state, much less in the same room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the first thing that I want to do is uh, I want to talk to Peter Brower, who's sitting here over my shoulder, for, uh, over our shoulder, and uh, we, we just want to get a sense from you of. of why did you start this documentary? What have you gotten out of it so far? What are your goals for it? And how, how is it going? <laughs> well, uh, we first started this documentary when a good friend of ours um, was really into Star Wars Galaxies, maybe a little bit too into it. He was like the mayor of the biggest city in the, in the game or something. <laughs> and uh, basically, we were really curious about what he was doing to his marriage. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we just... You know, I read some articles about uh, in the New York Times, one called Ogre to Slay, uh, mm-hmm. outsourced to the Chinese and, mm-hmm. and learned about gold farming and was yeah. so fascinated. <laughs> I knew that there was just a wealth of really interesting stories going on within the MMO community. There are. And nobody's been able to cover all of it. There, right. I, mean, I mean, our podcast alone just covers like a fraction of everything. And just one game. And just one game, right? One game. There are so many MMOs out there, you know, popular and not so popular, that they have their own stories and, and economies and just so many different aspects of uh, of how it interacts with the real world. Right, and and that's exactly what we discovered really early on was that we, you know, I started when we started making this movie. Um, though I had avoided playing WoW because I loved Diablo 2 so much and was so absorbed in it yeah. that I, I avoided WoW and then we started this doc and I was like well now I have a reason to play so I started playing <laughs> WoW and loved it and uh, still play And but we realized you know so much happens in WoW and, and so many people play WoW but there are so many other really cool worlds and really cool stories that happen mm-hmm. on in every game so mm-hmm. you know we're covering all games kind of equally and uh, of course WoW is you know, has to be front and center in a lot yeah. of ways because of its popularity. But, you know, great stories happen everywhere. And, uh, you know, whether it's, it's you know, people doing really bizarre stuff in Second Life <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. you know, like some obscure, uh, you know, 2,000-person MMO that, you know, is serious into role-playing and uh-huh. gives their players a huge amount of freedom. I mean, there's... Sure. Just such a diversity that you got to study it all. Oh, sure. And, and so tell us about some interesting things that you've found from people so far. Well, we're really focusing on the human stories behind MMOs. So we're following a couple that met um, in EverQuest 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've, we've, we've been with them every step of the way. We, they were, we were there when they met for the first time. We were there when uh, they moved a thousand miles across the country to live near each other. Wow. And, uh they're just a really interesting, wonderful, happy couple. 
and uh, they found true love in in the internet. And uh, I think it just goes to show, you know, like that the interpersonal connections formed in these games are so real mm -hmm. and just span any distance. Right, and you couldn't do this sort of thing without the internet. I mean, the internet. I mean, apart and from MMOs, the internet alone has allowed people from all over the world to just find each other. And I'm not even talking romantically. I mean, just I mean, just like Renata and I. Just happen to be, you know, good partners in doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. Which, which, I mean, what do you do? Do I walk the streets of Rochester looking for somebody? <laughs> you know, it, it's just like I need a co-host. No, so um, it's just amazing that the stories that you've been finding. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we also we have we followed, you know, we've interviewed many people who have met through these games, uh, several couples, and and they all talk about, you know, it's always interesting the first meeting like you two just had, you know, yeah. what people expect the person is going to look like and <laughs> and you know we have you know this great quote from one of them looking over at the other one said you were a lot shorter than i expected <laughs> that's why i just said we're all, that's what you just said first yep. thing i said when i when i saw starman in person for the first time was you're a lot taller than i expected <laughs> yeah well the, the camera doesn't really show you how tall you are right so of course because i see him sitting down all different. the time <laughs> we started using the cameras a few months ago simply because it is a lot harder to have a conversation without interrupting each other when you can't get those visual cues. Right. So we had some idea what each other looked like. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't much of a surprise. But it is it is different seeing a person in person rather yeah. than even over a even over a camera. It can be quite different. Yeah. Yeah. So the documentary, how is it going so far? Doing well? It's going really great. Uh, we have a, a whole lot of people who look at our website, and, and everyone else should look at it, too. It's a lot of fun. Yep. Plug uh, it. Plug, uh, plug it. It's www.pwdocs.com/secondskin. Uh, that takes you directly to the movie website. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, it is, uh, it's a blog that we keep running. We post several times a week. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd love your comments. It's a great place for us to meet people almost everyone who appears in our movie found us through the web page and uh you know the internet has allowed us to get in touch with so many people around the world uh and we we constantly say you know what would we do without google what would, how would we find anything <laughs> exactly and and the truth is i don't know how they did it before and uh no i, I remember great. when i was a kid uh, the only thing the best thing that you can do is like pen pals you know, when I was in fifth grade, you can find a pen pal from England. Ooh. Ooh. You know? And that I had one it. in Kenya. You did? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now, I mean, you can just join a news group or a forum or something. And, you know, and just the other day, I found a bunch of people that are into, like, you know, lasers. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where you, you just don't think it's going to happen. And it does. And, you know, there's a laser forum. There's a forum for everything. What's your favorite story so far? Um... It's hard to say. I mean, we have a lot of great stories. I, I'm really we we've been following this group of gamers out in Indiana, and <laughs> I've uh, read about them. And basically, one of them, he grew up in California. He was at a crossroads in his life, playing a lot of Asheron's Call at the time. Mm -hmm. And this friend of his from Indiana was like, "Hey, move out here!" And so he picked up all his stuff, moved across the country, and since 
they, together this group of like six guys has just built the most incredible neighborhood of dorkitude they live <laughs> a few houses away from each other and really th- three guys all playing wow in the same room uh, they were in the same guild, but they had to break up because of guild politics it as happens. usual. It happens. And it happens. And, you know, you, you can have any ill will towards these people. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. And they're passionate about their MMOs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they took a whole week off work when, when uh, Burning Crusade dropped. And <laughs> they t- they all took this vacation together and just played for, like, 18 hours straight wow. every day. And so we had a lot of great footage of them just, you know, loving MMOs. And everything about them. So, I mean, that's a really interesting story. And then we have a dark side. I mean, there is a mm-hmm. dark side to these games that has sure. to be acknowledged. So, yes. we, sure is. we've been following a self-proclaimed video game addict as he really tries to deal with it. And we, yeah. we met him actually at the Online Gamers Anonymous uh, Treatment Center. Mm-hmm. And um, he's come a long way. He actually was able to get his house back, uh, which was in oh, foreclosure. Wow. Um, and, uh, he's putting his life back together after, you know, a year where I think he had about 170 or 175 play days in one year. So, uh, wow. That's yeah. That's, 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 that's basically half tw- a year. That's 12 hours time. a day, 12 hours a day average. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, well, we never say that there isn't a dark side to online gaming. And I do know that there are a lot of people who are involved in online gaming on one level or another who'd like you to think that it's, you know, the game's are not responsible. I'm not saying the game's responsible. People use all kinds of things to escape from reality, whether it's Mm -hmm. online gaming, whether it's, you know, following fish, whether it's playing golf. You know, there's a lot of things that people do to escape from reality in unhealthy ways. And gaming is one of those things. So I'm, you know, I'm perfectly comfortable with showing the dark side. Although I, I will say that when, when Starman first told me about this, my first reaction was, Please do not get us involved in something that's just going to be a parade of freaks. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really, I, so I went to your guys' website and I really checked it out and got myself comfortable with, no, they're really going to be showing all facets of the game. Yes, there, there is a dark side, but there are a lot of people who play these games who are functional adults mm-hmm. and functional kids and getting the other parts of their, their life together without making online gaming really affect that negatively. Right. So I I approve of the balanced view. <laughs> yeah. And basically actually what I what I've found is that the the addict that we've been following when we first met him he had stopped playing WoW completely and mm-hmm. just given it up cold turkey and he was miserable. He was so unhappy. You can see it in his interview his voice was just so downtrodden. He's since gone back to like a, a moderate play style, only a few hours a week, and he is so much happier for it. And I, I do think that there, that's another side of our story is there's a huge therapeutic value. We, we got mm-hmm. an email back in the beginning from a guy who used WoW to quit heroin. And it's like, wow. So you know, wow or heroin, you choose. Uh, I'd, so, I'd pick wow. Yeah. yeah. I think I think almost everyone would. So you know, there is a huge amount of therapeutic value. We talked to a, a, a psychologist who uses um, not not wow, but uh, VR to simulate uh, met uh, what's it called? He, sorry, he uses a a, a a VR simulator to expose methamphetamine addicts to risk 
and studies their responses through mm-hmm. a computer game and is doing amazing research on addiction hmm. by using wow. virtual huh. environments. And he, so for him, he sees both sides because he treats people who are addicted to online, just to being online. But at the same time, he sees the huge value there is in using a social community to reinforce positive values. And that happens all the time, all the time in online games. Wow. Well, fundamentally, I think that that is the core attraction of these online games is the social community. Oh, I was just going to say that because one of the things that I, I quit EverQuest 1 a, a while ago. This is many, many years ago. And when I quit the game, the one thing I missed was interacting with other people because the, the whole reason why I started playing like MMOs EverQuest in the first place is because it was an offshoot of playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons when I was in uh, junior high and high school mm-hmm. and college where you know, you, it was it was our social thing. And of course we did normal stuff also like, you know, beer. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the same time, you know, it was, it was just our group of, of things. And I got into MMOs specifically because I could not find a group of people in my town to play D&D with. And then a friend of mine from high school that, I, that was in my D&D group said, oh, by the way, all the guys from our group are playing EQ. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into it. So when I quit the game the first time out of frustration because of you know, like I, ha- I had a very bad week, uh, I missed it. I missed it. Not so much in an addict you know point of view, but it, it's it's almost like if you decided to like not see your friends for a week or, or two, and then after a while you just say, well, you know, I'd like to go back to that. So yeah, the, the social aspect of the game is is very true. Yeah, and I had the same experience because I also played EverQuest for about four years. And when it's kind of a wrenching decision to leave behind mm-hmm. all the all the friendships that you've made, but mm-hmm. by that point, EQ two had come out, WoW had come out, people were scattering. So yeah. I kind of had to make a choice. Now, the reason, one of the reasons that I originally got into MMOs be- is because it's something I could do together with my husband. Mm-hmm. We'd played like land games, but that's not quite the same thing. Right. This is something that my husband and I do together to as as a way of doing something that we both enjoy at mm-hmm. the same time so and then we kind of create a social network out from there you know i we hear that same story over and over again there are so many couples out there who love playing together there are couples who live across the, the country from each other and keep in touch you know they might see each other four times a year because they both work really hard but they're totally in love and they're communicating every night and doing something together every night, and that is so sweet. <laughs> and I know for me, the the biggest thing that I got out of WoW was I had totally lost touch with one of my closest childhood friends. And mm. right when I was starting WoW, uh, I reconnected with him and discovered he was playing WoW, and I jumped over to his server. And since then, we're like thick as thieves. We chat together. He stopped playing WoW because um, he maxed out and got tired of it. It happens. And... Uh, now we are on Google Messenger like every day to each other and it's like it's wonderful. I got a friend back and it was because we spent, you know, every night together for months. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it sure. was it was a lot of fun. So, you know. Now one of the questions I wanted to ask was when you started this project, did you have any real preconceived ideas about gaming and gamer folks that have changed as you've done this uh, done this project? I think when I first started this, uh, I, you know, I, I saw that, you know, the, I had the classic stereotype in my mind, you know, the, sure. the pimply faced male <laughs> teenage boy yeah. and, and, you know, that stereotype went out the window long ago. There are so many 
you know, successful people, people ranging every age, every, you know, social background. It's really remarkable mm -hmm. and it's inspiring. I live in New York City and New York City is such a diverse place. And I think that the diversity that happens in MMOs, it like nearly parallels what happens in New York. And, and the fact that people from every part of the world can play together and so you might be chatting with someone and for all you know, they're in Australia or, you know, mm -hmm. they're somewhere in Eastern Europe. You have no idea. And I think that's a really wonderful and unifying part of MMOs. So I don't know. I've learned a lot <laughs> about MMOs. It's kind of overwhelming. There's just so much information and so oh, many sure. human stories. And I guess the core of it is that I learned anything that human beings do in their day-to-day -day lives, in their physical bodies, they do online. So maybe they people cheat on their spouses in real life. It happens online. People uh -huh. meet and fall in love <laughs> in real life. It happens online. People, you know, work and earn a living, well, there's a whole lot of people who are starting to do that in yeah, MMOs. That's true. And, you know, basically any anything, humanity adapts to, like, every environment. And, you know, the, the massively multiplayer environment is just one other. And uh, people will recreate human society wherever we are. And they've done it again. And it's it's really cool to see. Cool. All right. Peter Brower from, from Pure West Docs, I want to thank you guys for for coming, um, you know, everybody, you, uh, Victor, Juan, everybody here that's uh, filming us. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate, for one thing, the fact that you're doing this documentary showing that gamers aren't a bunch of, you know, <laughs> teenage dorks, <laughs> even though I do know a few of them. <laughs> then we aren't all teenage dorks, let's yeah, put it well, that at way. At one point, we're all teenage dorks. But, yes. Um, you know, I, I'm very very excited to see this when it's finished yeah thanks for having me on the show you got a great setup here everyone should note that there is more paraphernalia in this room <laughs> from mmos than i've ever seen before it is a cornucopia of online computer games so thanks so much and please go to the website www.pwdocs.com backslash second skin if you just type in pwdocs.com you'll get there cool. thanks so much thanks thanks <laughs> We will uh, put a link to that on our show notes for mm -hmm. this episode. So we will, uh, so you'll be able to just go to www.worldofwarcast.com as usual. Register for our forums, please. And uh, you can get on with, uh, you can click on their site and look at this. It's pretty amazing, some of the things that they've been doing. But, mm -hmm. well, the whole title of the, the documentary, Second Skin, kind of got us thinking about the whole idea of gaming and identity mm -hmm. and some questions kind of came up as we were talking about this things like how much of yourself do you reveal when you're in game very little <laughs> seriously because uh, well there, there are a couple of reasons for me one uh being a victim of identity theft um i, I oh, try really? to keep yes i don't want to go into the details but um <laughs> uh i try to keep as you know very little of myself out there as i can mm -hmm. um people that i I meet in game. If I'm joining a new guild, I don't tell them that I do the podcast. I don't want to be treated any differently, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, and then, you know, even at that, like I play female characters, which I know people scoff at, but you know, the fact of the matter is I, I don't do it. Be, or I should say, I, 
I do do it because I want to look at, you know, a female character. You know, people say if you play a female character and you say that, you know, you do that just to, to look at, you know, females all the time is bogus. Well, it's not. <laughs> well, so especially there. since a lot of why you choose the avatars you do is, is an aesthetic choice. Yeah. And you don't want to necessarily be looking at something all day that you don't, you can't really connect with. No. So I, you know, um, Kryler plays mostly female characters depending on the race like with undead mm -hmm. i understand that completely i don't personally like the male undead avatars mm -hmm. so i never play male characters simply because i prefer the female ones so right. why should you be any different right right so i i just i try to learn to trust certain people first before i reveal a little too much about myself mm -hmm. um and you know so far everything's been okay <laughs> you know it's it's been all right to a point and uh you know for, you know only like three people have my cell phone number you, mm -hmm. know, be, you know one person has my real address <laughs> and that's as far as it goes right and you know i think that there's there's some things about how things have evolved lately that have changed that one of them being the use of team speak and ventrilo mm-hmm and, it, I mean, it used to be, I remember when we played EverQuest, I still had absolutely no clue. How did I run 72-person raids with no team speak, no ventrilo, mm -hmm. nothing? And the answer was, I spent hours writing macros ahead of time. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so, you had to remember which one was the right one. Exactly. And so that was that got to be a real pain in the butt. But it really has created, I think, more, much more of a sense of intimacy to be using the voiceover and talking sure. to people than it is to be just communicating back and forth. Because, you know, in email and in any sort of, um, of messaging where you're using text, a lot of the nuances are lost. Mm -hmm. And people can much more clearly misinterpret things mm -hmm. that are happening through, through typed communication as opposed to vocal communication. Right. So I've, I've had that problem where I'm, I'm trying to prove a point. I'm and, and I'm actually thinking that in the back of my head. It's like I have to type this in such a way so that the nuances come out somehow even if i have to use caps in a word to to you know to, to enhance a word or, or just something and it's it's difficult to do that sometimes and you know you argue a point back and forth where you know at the bottom line you say oh that's what you were trying to say mm -hmm. you know it, it might it takes longer sometimes is what i'm trying to say right and i also think that you know as i said it has led to some enhanced intimacy one of the things that we did in our guild is people went through on their on the forums and posted people if they wanted to posted people's first names mm -hmm. in real life now i don't care who knows my name my first name in real life but like you I, i'm a little bit reticent about giving people too much identifying mm -hmm. information for a slightly different reason i was stalked in college yeah and i don't want to have that sort of thing happen again either now i do have you know i, I will say that one of the things that I do do is I do tell people what my in-game names are. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, this is fine. You know, I get I get people coming on to the server and just saying, hi, I love the show, I'm a big fan, or ask me a question, and that's all fine. But occasionally you get the weirdos. I love Renata. <sighs> yeah, well. <laughs> um, See, I don't get that. I don't get I love Starman because, you know, nobody knows what my in-game name is and i do that specific i did that specifically at first because when i was playing a healer i didn't want to be in an instance trying to like do my thing do my magic my mojo with you know my healing and then all of a sudden somebody comes on and says hi star man i uh i love your show can you talk to me about how you do your podcast 
mm, I can't right now. And then, you know, to, to some people saying no is almost insulting. It's like, I'm in next, dude. I, I, I can't right now. Maybe later, but. Yeah, you, you know, don't want to can't. insult people by just saying, you know, buzz off. I'm in an instance. Yeah. I don't, and I don't like ignoring people. I will sometimes write back, sorry, trying not to die, and yeah. uh, hope that they get the point or, that or I'll... trying to keep 39 other people alive. Well, that's that's for a healer. I play a warlock. Not, not, too, many, uh, not too many fights live and die on a warlock. Mm -hmm. but, um, but there are occasions where I've got something banished, or I've just at least got to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't want to be rude. And I try to say, you know... Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry. I'm busy right now. I can't talk. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's it does have its its downsides. But on the whole, I'm I'm relatively satisfied with, with people knowing my, my in-game character names. That's that's fine with me. Every now and then I keep thinking I'm just going to blurt it out and I say, no, <laughs> I'm going to regret it if I do. Maybe if I start a new character, I'll, I'll do it. I don't know. I, I haven't decided that yet. Well, you're 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 not like me. You don't you don't make the nine bazillion alts. No, I don't. I have three characters: two sixties and a seventy, and that's it. And two of them are, are mages. Uh, two of them are mages. <laughs> so maybe at, at some point I'll say, you know, here's my character name, and everybody knows my bank alt name. It's Starman on Zangermarsh. I mean, <laughs> but everybody knows that. Uh, it, yeah, and how often do you check that? Uh, I don't know, three times a year. <laughs> Somebody actually sent me ten silver once. Like, what is what is that going to do? It was do a show donation. I guess so, but I don't know what ten silver is going to get me. Um, well, Zanger Marsh is a relatively new server. You know, ten, yeah. ten silver will go a little farther with that. <laughs> but um, so, but on the flip side of that, mm -hmm. do you ever talk about your gaming activities outside of the game? Never, never, because nobody understands that. I, I was talking to uh, the guys here before uh, before you came over. And I said that I just don't tell anybody what I do because nobody gets it. Mm -hmm. Nobody understands, you know, that playing a, an online video game is is worthwhile because online gamers, there's a stigma attached to it. Mm -hmm. That you know, people that well, actually, this is this even goes back as far as D and D. Yeah. Like my mom used to say to me, I don't want you playing that game because some people died over it. Some like you know, town in Colorado or something. I don't remember. It was it was like in the late '70s or early '80s where. You know, people that play D and D had this stigma that they were cultists and everything. I was like, no, we're just we're just doing this for fun. Uh, would you Would you rather have me sitting around doing coke, or do you, do you want me playing D and don't think I've ever mentioned this, but yeah. do you remember that really bad tabloid show years and years ago called The Current Affair? Sure. You know, Maury Povich yeah. used to be on it, and Coran Mahalik and such. I was on that. Oh, were you? Over D and D, yeah. Um, at the time, I was I was dating a guy who ran a gaming store. Uh -huh. I was in college, and there was a kid in a neighborhood town who shot his little playmate. Uh -huh. And after nine hours of interrogation by the police, he confessed that it was because D and D had told him to do it. <laughs> yeah, this is after keeping this kid up for nine hours all yeah. night. And he came up with this confession. So they brought um, they brought their camera crews up to the gaming store, and they wanted to get pictures of, of all of us um, together and playing the game. I was 19 at the time. <laughs> and so they went through this whole rigmarole of don't tell people how old you are and make sure to, you know, 
pitch up your voice. We're going to backlight you, do your makeup. We're going to try to make you look about 13. <laughs> and they did. Wow. The funny thing was is they did. I, I, I look, you know, they, they wanted me to pitch my voice up just a little bit and not mention that I was in college. And <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, you know, there was this kind of weird stigma attached yeah. to it during that, that whole uh, that whole craze. Now, I haven't heard that World of Warcraft is related to cult activity. Uh, well, no. It's just a matter of time. I'm though. just talking about <laughs> online gaming in, or just gaming in general. Right. You know, especially when you're our age of kids, people think that you sit around and, you know, you know, do, I don't know what, watch TV all day long? I mean, I could. I mean, in fact, what, what got me away from TV was this. I used to watch TV a lot, but I think part of the problem also is the fact that TV nowadays, personally, I just think it stinks. A lot of it does. A lot yeah. of it does. Um, once the it was around the time like when the X Files were starting to go downhill, mm -hmm. uh, I I just started getting disenchanted with television, and I watch very little of it nowadays. Mm -hmm. I mean, now it's honestly it's it's nothing but like Survivor, The Amazing Race, Galactica, and um, Twenty Four. That's it. That's all I watch, and. I see online gaming as your way of controlling what it is that you do for entertainment. Mm -hmm. like, and rather than sitting like a boob on your couch and, you know, just you know, like watching Jack Bauer blow up terrorists, <laughs> I can actually blow up Horde myself. So, <laughs> you know, it, 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 you can think of it that way. Is that like I choose, it's, it's like choose your own adventure for television in a sense. That's true. Well, and, and plus it kind of surprises me in a way that... People our own age seem to still have this stigma about video <clears> games <throat> because, I mean, we grew up. We were the, really the first generation sure. that grew up with video games. Sure. My dad bought um, our family a Coleco Telstar, I believe, in 1976. Yeah, my this dad predates the, the Atari 2600. Is before the Atari 2600. It was it, just look it up on Google, but it was a triangle. One side had a wheel for driving. One side had a gun for outlaw, and uh, one side had uh, two knobs for pong. And you have these triangle cartridges, which is very strange at the time. But that's, you're right. We were the first generation of gamers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then we got the Atari 2600 a year or two later because the Coleco died. Right. And it, it, things sort of dominoed from there. My grandfather bought me my first computer in 1983 or 84. It was Atari 800. Mm -hmm. And um, that was that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I first learned to, to program BASIC on a Hewlett-Packard about the size of a spinet piano. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I, we, you got the good version of Pong. We just got the one that had the little dial for, the two little dials oh, yeah. for Pong. <laughs> and, you, you know, you'd play hockey, squash, handball, or tennis, mm -hmm. I think they were. And, but then, you know, came the comp, the, the, the coin-operated games. I remember when Space Invaders first came out. Yep, I remember when Pac-Man first came out. And so, you know, for us, this is something that we've grown up with right from the beginning. Right. And I remember when I was a kid in high school with the Atari 800, I was thinking to myself, all right, I, I'd like to play, I don't know, some game. I, it doesn't matter what it is. The Jumpman. Let's just say Jumpman. For those of you who don't know Jumpman, just download it. It's a cool game. And <laughs> Jumpman was a great game. And I thought, well, why is it that I can't play with my friend Rich who lives, you know, five blocks away? Or, or for example, here's a better example. Now, Jumpman's a bad example. Ball Blazer, which is a good game. Mm -hmm. Ball Blazer was a great game by Lucasfilm, but two people had to be next to each other. And I remember this is 1984, 1985. I'm thinking to myself, why do I have to have somebody here? Yeah, it's great to sit next to somebody and do this, but if it's late and you know my friends, a you know a few blocks away, why can't we communicate over you know some phone line? 
and do this. And, and I was even thinking way back then that there was probably some way to get this done. And here we are today talking about MMOs. Yeah, and I've, I've seen some things online with article. There was an article that came out a little while ago, and I don't remember whether the guy was applying for a job at Google or Yahoo or one of those places that had put on his resume that he was the guild leader of one of the largest guilds on his server. Mm -hmm. Now, I asked my husband who's a project manager for a major Fortune 500 company, what he would do if this showed up on a resume on his desk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's a gamer. He's like me. You know, he's he's been playing these, these MMOs right along with me. He's a gamer from way back. Yep. And his reaction was, I would wonder why was this best he could put on his resume. Oh, seriously? Seriously. Yeah, you know, I've, I've run guilds. They are a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But you're dealing with people over the Internet. And you're dealing with people that are not showing their true persona. Right. I don't know if I would... I basically know what Kryler is saying, is that I don't know if I would necessarily like that on my... Or put that on my resume. 